You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. My company manager opened the door and was like, and Kiara will be getting you ready for par. And I was like, okay. <laughs> And then cue me running to my dressing room. And like, you know, the good thing about, you know, our company and the way it's all set up is that we do our makeup every single, every single night, regardless we're on or not. And we have an emergency hairstyle. So we will do our hair to a inner hairstyle that is something that isn't similar to anyone else on stage. So that if we were to go on stage in an emergency, we don't look like anyone else. And the, the crown gets put on us and in costume, off we go. You're listening to the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. My name's Justin, or you can call me Stin. On today's episode, we're answering the question, what is the role of a swing in theatre? To do that, we're joined by our co-host, Zoe Rose, the director of The Taming of the Shrew for the Dyer Theatre Company, and is implementing swings into their performance plan. After our pre-show chat, we're joined by our featured guest for the episode, Kiara Aseta, who is currently a swing on the Australian production of Six the Musical. Kiara talks us through her history in theatre, what the role of a swing is, and why the swings of six go beyond this role. We also hear some behind-the-scenes stories of the chaotic and exhilarating nature of swings in theatre. You can find all of our content by following us on Instagram at theatrethoughtsaus and our YouTube channel. So sit back, switch on those thoughts and prepare yourself for a packed episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. We have a new sort of structure going. You might have heard it last episode um, with Charlotte joining us for our co-hosting that I'm um, trying to bring into the podcast as a new way to bring different audiences, different creators and try to stretch out uh, the amount of people we have on here. I'm very honoured today to have a good friend of mine who is a director, uh, they're a performer and they're currently directing The Taming of the Shrew for Dyer Theatre Company's Shakespeare, which is on from Friday the 5th of August to Sunday the 14th of August. Please welcome as our co-host for today, Zoe Rose. Hello. Thank you for that intro. Gosh, I'm honoured. You're very welcome. <laughs> I think my intros are becoming like my staple for uh, the podcast. Yeah, it's definitely a massive compliment, so don't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very, very good. The sun is out, thank God. Um, yes. Oh, 
it's wonderful. Get a bit of skin. Oh, lighten my skin. <laughs> Get a bit of skin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on my words lately. I ruined it. Just, my head's just so all over the place. Oh, no, it's fine. I think I'm going to say some silly things as well, so don't worry about it. We'll get some skin together. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so you're directing Taming of the Shrew at the moment. I've been keeping up with it on Facebook. You have a very talented cast. I'm just going to quickly skim through them. So you have Erin Middleton, Louis Cuff, Natanya Forbes, Monique Barrio, Stacey Wales, Kira Rose, Alex, I'm going to get this wrong, Elefsky, Jamie Peterson, and Katie Allen. That is a very full-on talented cast. How are they? Yes, it is an amazing cast. I will add one more. We've got an extra at the moment. Uh, We've got a swing, actually. (gasps) How very, uh, that's actually in perfect line. It's on brand. Yes, it is. Um, Georgina Reed, um, they are helping us out with our COVID plan of such. So she's Mm. also on the, she's also in the cast list, but yet to be announced. She's our, um, Secret weapon at the Excellent. moment. <laughs> I did see that. I saw that on your Facebook. It said secret weapon. I was like, ooh, interesting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's um been trying her best to learn all nine roles. And between me and her, if anything goes wrong with COVID, we've got our swing plan in action. Wow. So, yeah, I'm going to add another one to that list. <laughs> so, you're part of that plan as well, are you? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't expect her to learn, you know, 60 pages of Shakespeare and nine different roles. Um, So we decided to just do our best between the two of us to have a plan in place that if someone does get COVID at the time of the shows or something else goes wrong, we'll be able to jump in at a moment's notice. So yeah, it is on brand with the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) no, that's awesome, actually. I didn't know that. Yeah, secret weapon. I like that um, independent and community theatre companies are starting to do that. I think it's very clever and also it adds this element of um, just an, like an element of professionalism to it that, you know, the community theatre wouldn't have even thought about before. Oh, I totally agree. And it's so important. And I think you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot if you do any type of theatre without having some sort of COVID plan in place to have someone there, a swing, to mm. cover the roles and to be there. I mean... We did a show recently and we had someone sing backstage for the lead who was sick and lost their voice. And it was like this crazy, we should have planned ahead. Do you know what I mean? And um, thought about it earlier. So when I was directing, I was like, we need to make sure there's a plan in place and be on top of it straight away. I'm glad I did. (laughs) did. How are you finding directing? It is so much pressure. Um, You feel like, I can imagine it's the same pressure that a teacher feels in a classroom, like all of these all of these faces looking up at you and relying on you to tell them what to do. Um, yeah. But it's so rewarding and so exciting to see, like you said, my cast is so insanely talented to see your vision brought to life and up to the standard that you expected as well. So mm, mm. Um, it's been amazing and like really humbling as well to just be surrounded by people that all are so excited to do the thing that you had the idea for. If that makes yeah. sense. So. Oh, wow. Awesome. So uh, for those who aren't Shakespeare fans. Give us a brief (laughs) rundown of Taming of the Shrew. Okay, I can do that. So Taming of the Shrew is probably one of Shakespeare's more more popular comedies, I would say, or classic comedies. It's my favourite personally, but I guess I'm biased. (laughs) Uh, If Whenever people don't know the show, I always ask them if they've seen the movie 10 Things I Hate About You with Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. Um, obviously that movie is based off the story of The Taming of the Shrew. And it's it's an excellent way to describe the story because it's all about, you know, how do we 
in a modern day, how do we visualise strong women and how do we perceive them? And for our version of Taming of the Shrew uh, in particular, I've modernised it to be more relevant to this day and age, I, su- I suppose. Um, yeah. We're setting it in a 1970s feminist era kind of way of looking at it, a 1970s feminist viewpoint, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's essentially about you know, this shrew, this woman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't fit society's norms and she is told that she'll never find love because she's too outlandish for everyone. Right. And she finds someone that kind of challenges her in a way, but they find this common ground or do they? Question mark. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's just about, you know, being able to be different, finding love, but the more traditional version is that shrews will never find love. <laughs> poor shrews. Poor, poor shrews. Poor shrews. But, yeah, when you're looking at it from a different point of view, a more modern eye, um, it's very power to the power to the women. Yeah, feminist. and I think right. that's yeah. what a lot of people forget about Shakespeare is that I, don't, I, mean, I can't speak for him. It was 400 years ago, you know. He might have hated <laughs> women, you know. They're all performed by men. Who knows? Mm. Um, but, like, a lot of his female characters are very powerful. So powerful. So yeah. powerful. I don't know if he did that on purpose, and I've often thought about that as well because there's so many other um, Shakespearean plays where, you know, the most powerful monologues that he's written are the women's. And, mm. you know, some of the most powerful scenes and storylines are those of the women's. And it's just like, did he did he intentionally do this? I'm not sure, but it's – I thank him nonetheless. Thank you, Shakespeare. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Well done, mate. <laughs> and obviously it's an all-female cast under the Shakespeare banner. It sure is, yeah. Are you going to invite Mark Latham to the performance? <laughs> we have thought about it. We absolutely have. <laughs> Oh, we can't wait to push our lesbian agenda. Uh, the lesbian quote agenda. Quote, unquote, yes. <laughs> All of that crazy stuff in the media, we take it as any publicity is good publicity, of course. Um, well, that's what I said to Adam. Adam, um, for those who don't know, is that he's the owner of the Diatheater Company. I said to him, mate, you can't pay for this type of publicity. Exactly. It just was, it was wild. You were kind of handed this free advertising platform where every single journalist and news platform got on board to write an article mm. about Shakespeare and about the Dyer Theatre. It was just, yeah, handed to us for free. It was was insane. <laughs> yeah, definitely worth the reads for sure. I suppose the only thing I'll say on that is it's a testament to our current generation and the people mm. that watch theatre, the responses that we got were so supportive and um, especially, you know, doing Shakespeare, like gender bending of Shakespeare is not a new concept and... No. Um, it's something that's been going on for a really long time. And, you know, it's all about creating opportunities for those who might not have gotten that opportunity in a traditional sense. For example, Shakespeare was always done with men. Giving that opportunity to non-binary and female performers is is crazy, but it's not new. And people know that and yeah, they're not shocked yeah. by that anymore. And it's good to have the support behind you. <laughs> so let's uh, quickly turn to... The podcast for today, we're going to talk about Six the Musical. I know you're a big Six fan. Oh, insane. I don't want to fangirl too much. It's fine. I <laughs> fangirl all the time on these podcasts. Oh. I'm just sitting here going, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm trying to keep composed, keep yeah. composed. So where's your love from Six come from? Well, I actually got on the Six bandwagon a bit late. I remember when people were telling me to listen to it for ages, and I vividly remember um, making a status after I'd listened to it in its entirety for the first time. And I was like, guys, why didn't you tell me about this sooner? And um, 
I remember, you know, our friend Daniel, who you've had on the podcast before, he was like, I've been telling you about this for I so swear, long. I like, of course. During one of the rehearsals of Catch Me, I swear to God, during one of the warm-ups, I played Get Down uh, as one of the warm-ups. And I remember our friend Talia looking at me going, what is this song? And I was like, how do you not know this? It feels like a different world to not know any of the six songs. I mean, now I feel like I could sing every single lyric, mm. no issues. But, you know, back then I, I feel like I got on it a bit late and I'm ashamed for yeah. it, but I am obsessed with it. I think I just got influenced by the theatre people that I had around me to listen to it and I finally did and never turned back. Excellent. <laughs> no, I think it's a train. Once you're on it, you're on it. Oh, yeah. You have to be. It's, it's the best. Excellent. Well, this is a good segue actually. So let's, are you ready to talk to our guest for today? So ready. So ready. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey. Welcome to our main chat with our featured guest for today. I'm going to introduce her before we jump in. So we have a talented artist who I've been following for quite some time. Uh, she trained at the Glenda Yee School of Dance and graduated from 85 International Performing Arts. She's worked professionally with companies including Opera Australia and Squabologic and Universal Studios in Japan. In 2020, she won the Best Cabaret Award from Broadway World Australia for Siblingship, which she co-created and choreographed. On screen, she's worked on Dance Academy, So You Think You Can Dance Australia, and was part of the backing vocals for Delta Goodrum. But now she's saving the day as one-third of the talented swings of Six the Musical Australia. Please welcome to the podcast, Kiara Aseta. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Hi, hi. <laughs> what a beautiful intro. Thank you. <laughs> You're well very served, welcome. Well yes, yeah. I feel like I need to like hit my like applause button on this. Yeah, uh, need to cheer at the end. Yeah. stop, guys. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I've, I've, like I said, I've been following you for quite some time now. I, I, I didn't introduce this before because uh, I don't. I want to see if you remember, but we actually went to high school together. Yeah, where I do not remember. No way. Yeah, well, you must have been a, a fair few years under me because uh, I think Daniel was about maybe two years under me and I swear I remember uh, at one point you two performing at Shines together. Um, you must have been because I, I remember seeing Daniel perform and then I swear I was thinking about it. I was like, did I see them perform together? I swear I did. Probably. Yeah. Every second we got, we would try and sing together on some kind of stage. As you should, as you should. And then to see where you've gone uh, beyond that is incredible. Thank you. I think it's crazy. Like, you know, when I was in high school, 
and you know all the times we would sing together and on stage and and I was and I would always say like you know I remember having my meeting with the careers advisor and she was like so out of the book what would you like to do and I was like oh, I'm gonna be a performer and she was like that's not in the book <laughs> I was like, well <laughs> It's the same conversation I had. They go into that little yeah. cottage with her and then yeah. she sat down, she'd show you the book and I said, I want to be a performer. She goes, what about teaching? Have you ever thought of that? Yeah. I was like, oh. I was like it's never in the book. Lady, I was like, just because it's not in your book, it doesn't mean it's not a real thing. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, I mean, you've, uh, like I said before, you've had uh, an amazing career. So could you tell us a bit about yourself uh and your maybe like your quick highlights of who you are and and your (laughs) well I guess it it all started when I I was finishing full-time at 85 it's around that in second year that third term where we start you know being able to audition for things um and so I remember we all had been given the day off to to audition for Universal and I was just in the headspace of being like I just want to do musical theatre. I don't want to do theme parks. Like I like my goal is musicals. And so I remember I wasn't going to go and I was like, I don't want to be in a theme park. So I had convinced myself that I wasn't going. And then I heard that everyone was going and I was like, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be the only person that didn't rock up. And like, I'm just having a day off at home, not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like, okay, no, I'll go. I'll be like, it would be a good experience to be in an audition. And I remember just like leaving the audition and being like, that was just so much fun. And I was like, oh, all auditions are like this, then heaven. Yeah, heaven. <laughs> They're not all like that. No. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but, and then I remember I was driving home from full time probably like a month later and I remember getting a call from my agent and he was like, um, so an offer's just come through for Universal, but it's not a normal offer because they have someone leaving the contract early and they actually want you to come and finish it off and then start a brand new contract. So you'd actually be living in Japan for 16 months. And I just remember like listening to this conversation being like, what is going on? Like in my head, I just had no expectations of like getting it at all because I, I think in my head, I had just been like, Oh, I'm just going in there for the experience of an audition, but didn't actually think about what if I got it? Yeah. And so yeah. I just thought, I need to do this. And they were yeah. like, you would be getting on a flight two days after you you graduate from full time. And I literally would have my my grad. And then two days later, I'd be literally moving my entire life to Japan for 16 months. I almost didn't contemplate it for a second, which is so weird because it's like, that's massive to move your entire <laughs> life. Just to another country, even now after coming back home after Japan and, you know, I then wrote siblingship with my brother Daniel and we performed that at the Hayes and Chapel of Chapel and the Queen Bean in Canberra, like did our own little tour of that. Um, and then I did West Side, um, you know, West Side Story, the most iconic musical ever that was literally one of my dreams to be in. Um, but it's funny because if anyone asks me now, like what was your favourite thing that you've done in your career? I am so grateful that I went to Japan and I did Universal Studios because it was something that 
I always used to think, oh, like, you know, that's not as good as being in a musical or that doesn't, that's, you know, that doesn't give you the same skills or, or whatever, you know, people judge. Yeah. I am now like the biggest advocator, especially at the beginning of your career to do things like that. I just made the most amazing memories and I just grew up so much as a person having to live you know, in another country and Japan is the most beautiful country to live in as well. So I was double lucky. I literally oh, will tell anyone who has time go. to listen to go to Japan. It's the most beautiful place in the whole world. But yeah, Universal just taught me so many things that I am just so, so grateful for. And now obviously to be doing the most incredible musical, I think, in the world. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, uh, and swinging six yes. incredible queens. I think, yeah, the trajectory of, like, from from me doing Universal to now, I think, yeah, it wouldn't have – I don't think I would be where I am if I if I didn't do my, my Universal contract. Uh, well, awesome. it actually, uh, it's – I'm going to be honest. It's going to be really embarrassing. It took me ages <laughs> to understand what a swing was. I remember sitting, like, in theatre, going through the program, seeing understudy, yeah, I know what understudy is. Okay, swing. <laughs> What's a swing? Oh, okay. And now, <laughs> like, in COVID times, swings have become the saving grace of theatre and – even in the Tonys this year, I remember seeing this discourse about that there was no nominated category for swings or some recognition for swings. And I was like, because you guys are saving shows, especially like you and Karis and Shannon are like the three swings of six are saving <laughs> it day after day. So could you kind of explain for those who aren't aware, what, what's the role of a swing? What do you, what do, you do? Okay, so this is a really great question because swings in shows generally cover the roles of the people who are in the ensemble. So you have a show, you've got your leads, then you have your ensemble. So normally a like a standby or an alternate is who covers the leads or supporting leads in a show. And then you have your ensemble members who generally there's probably about, you know, seven or eight female ensemble members and then seven to eight male ensemble members, depending on what the show is. And your swings basically will sometimes cover all six to seven of the ensemble roles. And so um, that's kind of like what a swing is in a generic show when you have leads, supporting leads and ensemble members. So the swings cover all the people in the ensemble. Now, six is a little different because obviously there are only six people on stage and they are, we're cons- you know, the show is considered an ensemble piece because there are six of us, but the six people on stage also happen to be the leads because there is no leads and ensemble. It's all just one. So, you know, the show is made up of these six queens. So respectively, they are an ensemble as well as being their own, you know, leads in their own right. So what makes it really interesting when you're a swing on six is that if you cover all six roles, which me, Karis and Shannon and our alternate swing, Christina, does, we are you know, rare in a, t- in a sense because it's not like a normal show. We are going on and singing mm. songs and mm. considered leads when we are on where normally if you are a swing in an ensemble, sometimes you won't even have any lines like that you would say on your own. It would more be about, you know, 
filling in what the number looks like as part of the ensemble, but, you know, swings normally wouldn't have too much things to say on their own or a full song that they would have to sing by themselves that would normally be considered something that the alternate or the standby would do for the ladies. It's interesting because even my brother and I had a conversation about it the other night because he was like, I think it's interesting that you guys are called swings when you're on six because he's like you're not actually doing what swings do in a sense like you are all standbys yeah. for all six of the roles so everything you should be called standbys <laughs> yeah. not yeah. but it's tricky because we are covering the people in the ensemble but the ensemble also happen to be the lead so yeah. it's like <laughs> it's, a, it's a really fine line essentially we cover all six roles. We know all the lines. We know all the moves that they do. We have to know, obviously, like the intentions of the characters inside and out so that when we step onto that stage, we're making sure that we are just as confident and equal to the other queens that do it every single night and so that someone doesn't come to watch and goes, oh, I don't think that they were the person that's on all <laughs> yeah. the time. You know, you want, people, you want people to come and just be like, wow, Absolutely. what a great show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Zoe, you were talking earlier about, what were you talking about earlier about the dance role? Oh, I was just, I was saying, (laughs) not to make it out like you do more than the other swings, because this is not my intention with this question. But I was thinking about your dance captain role as well. And I made a comment about saying, you know, is that almost like a seventh queen for you? Like having this dance captain role as well and having to be on top of all the choreography. I mean, as you already would be knowing every single queen's role, but the corrections and stuff that you have to make being that kind of um, person that people go to for help with choreography, is that like an extra role for you almost? Yeah. So being dance captain, I always try to make sure that I'm watching the show at least Mm. once a week um, to take notes because we also have our resident choreographer, Christina D'Agostino, who I am always kind of like, she's like my boss. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I just want to take a moment to say um, I am obsessed with. I absolutely adore her. Yeah. And so I'm so lucky to um, be working with her on six. She went on this week, didn't she? And she went on this week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She debuted this week. Uh, she's She's been our um, alternate swing, um, obviously just in the times of covid um, we have just needed some extra coverage and she's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, she has never been on before, but she's been like, you know, behind the scenes with us learning everything just in case of an emergency. And we have had an emergency this week. And so she was on and absolutely killed it um, as we all knew she would, but um, she is our resident. So as dance captain, I always kind of report back to her and we are always working closely together in terms of like making sure that the show is, you know, fine-tuned all the time and always giving out notes to the cast um, to make sure that everyone's just staying on top of all the detail that's required in the show. But, yeah, it's definitely another hat that I wear. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I think just the type of person and performer that I am, I am absolutely obsessed with the choreography element of things and, you know, also being a choreographer um, since I was quite young at dance schools, like teaching, um, and then I started teaching at full times and and started creating pieces for full time, you know, um, their grad, like the graduations. Um, and, and then, yeah, then when I did the dismissal and was kind of like dipped my toe into that, I was just like in love with, you know, all choreography type things in a show. So I think being dance captain is something that 
you know, it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm doing extra work because I just am obsessed with it. And so yeah, like every you just time, love it anyway. Yeah, I just love it. And like, you know, for me, it's like something, another thing that I get to do that's different. And I get to watch the show and just like have an extra amount of appreciation sitting and watching everyone just absolutely kill it on stage. And then like sometimes I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm meant to be writing notes. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, sometimes I just am getting so into it because, you know, they just do so our cast are so incredible and they do such an incredible job like our notes are always just like really fine-tuning things like everyone's so on top of their stuff and you know we're lucky we have such an incredible company and this is something that they they did look out for when they were doing the audition process we were told like they really were watching like how we were on the sides and like how we would Ah. support people when they would audition and like not how we would just do when we were on the floor being recorded but like what we would do when we were on the side and watching other people dance Ah, so cool because at the end of the day, that also shows a lot of your personality of like how yeah. you would be as a cast member. Obviously, being talented in this industry is super important, but also being a good person is super yeah. important. Like, yeah, absolutely. It goes around for sure. Like, people like start picking up and they go, This person's great to work with, or don't work with this person. Yeah, yeah, not that, yeah. you know, a hundred percent. That's a big part of like what makes up a company. So, you know, you, you need to have really great supportive people around you to make a show click. And, and that's what you see on our stage. Like, it's not fake. We all love and support each other so much. And when, you know, we're doing the competition, sometimes it's so hard hard to like yeah. when we're in that fight scene and like you know we're like yelling at another queen and like you know almost pulling each other's hair out if you haven't watched the show I don't want to do any spoilers but um, <laughs> we've seen it we've seen it but, but you know we we are essentially in this competition but mm. you know it's so clear that you know through all of that we are just all so supportive of each other yeah. and championing championing champ- Championing. Championing. Okay. Championing. Championing. <laughs> what an interesting word. Championing each other yeah. um, along the way because that is what makes this show. Well, I know when I was speaking to uh, Video and, and Carla a few weeks ago, like they just gelled so much. Like even though like it was via Zoom, I could feel that positivity and also how much they reflected the queens that they were playing. Like that was something I was like, <laughs> I can see Anne like coming through you right now. Literally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our queens who play, you know, the resident queens. Uh, it's so funny because you really do see so much essence of that queen in them. And I think <laughs> it's so beautiful to see because everyone everyone is so unique. And that's the whole point. Like no one is, it, we're all similar in the sense that we love, you know, performing and that kind of thing. But everyone has their own individual characteristics that make them who they are, which really does resonate when they are on for their queen. And it, and it, it's clever how this show was cast. Everyone is yeah. just so well fitted, their queen. And the way that though we all then gel together is oh, it's quite magical, really. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I've ever seen such perfect casting, to be honest, especially even the swings, the way that you can just so perfectly mold into six different characters. I mean, it's wonderful. It's so exciting to watch. <laughs> 
The word is out. The Theatre Thoughts Monthly is here and it's your chance to get exclusive giveaways, podcast episodes, reviews and more direct to your inbox. Don't wait until next month. Get this month's Theatre Thoughts Monthly now. It takes two seconds to sign up. Simply head to the link in this episode's description and select the Theatre Thoughts Monthly option to fill in your details. It's that simple. You'll receive links direct to this month's edition of Charlotte's Cheap Thrills, early access to an exclusive giveaway only for Theatre Thoughts subscribers and the early goss on our next massive star on the podcast. Now, let's get back to today's episode. Do you think it's more exciting to be a swing and get the opportunity to play all six characters rather than being a resident queen who only gets to do one? So I wonder if there's ever any of like the resident cast that make jokes that they wish they could swap it out for one night or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, actually, some of the queens were chatting last night because they were like, what happens if we went down to the point where like we all had to start sharing the roles like and I had to and I had to be Howard or you had to be Cleves like they were actually talking about it the other night and they were no like way. we reckon we could do it <laughs> I'm, sure they, I'm sure they could but oh absolutely you know I think it's it's absolutely I mean I'm biased because I am a twin <laughs> but I absolutely love being able to just like dip my toe into each of you know the characters because they all bring something so unique to the show and I think having the opportunity to play each of them because they're all just so incredible and powerful in their own right and being and I feel like I have a bit of each queen in myself because I've had to explore you know playing each of them and and relate them to me in some way so now I can see bits of myself in every queen and so it's almost like I then get to thrive in that element of them when I play whoever I am on for at that given point in time but yeah yeah, I personally love just like being someone new every night sometimes and having to just be like I think I I think I I mean everyone no matter who they are in the show has an appreciation for every queen but I feel like when you do get to actually explore and play them all I just find like a deeper love and appreciation for the show yeah. Yeah. which yeah. I just think is something really special that you do get when you do play all of them I want yeah. to talk about the last two weeks because you've had such a ride now did I get this right? Did you go on halfway through a production or am I making that up? No, you're right. I did. I went on halfway what? through the show. So now I'll that's particularly a- hard because there's no intermission. It's a one show. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> What's the story? I need to know. <laughs> what happened? Uh, of course, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll share. <laughs> I, uh, so I, I'll set the scene. I was in my slippers backstage and was I had been on that week previously. Um, I had been on all week. I started the week as Howard. I then went to Cleves. Uh, and then the next day I was on for Aragon. So I had just gone in a row, like Howard, Cleves, Aragon. And I had done all three Queens that, that week. And then, so on Sunday was my first 
day where I wasn't on, I wasn't scheduled on. And so I absolutely lapped that up and I made myself a tea and I put my slippers on and I was like, I'm just going to relax this show. And when I say relax, I mean, I was in Christina's office and we were, she was giving me notes. Right. From all yes. Shows. <laughs> That's how I relax. Um, she was giving me notes from all the shows that I had previously done. We were going through the notes and then... <laughs> My company manager opened the door and was like, and Kiara will be getting you ready for par. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then cue me running to my dressing room. And like, you know, the good thing about, you know, our company and the way it's all set up is that we do our makeup every single, every single night, regardless we're on or not. And we have an emergency hairstyle. So we will do our hair to a in a hairstyle that is something that isn't similar to anyone else on stage. So that if we were to go on stage in an emergency, we don't look like anyone else. And the the crown gets put on us and in costume, off we go. So I had already had my had my hair done, my makeup was done. And so all that needed to happen was literally me get into costume, put the crown on, and then I could just go. And I literally had my iPad out with my stage right notes. And I literally was just like looking at it like that. <laughs> and I was like trying to literally just like take it all in. Just obviously I hadn't been par for a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. like one of the ones that I had been that week. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, but I was weebly calm I had Christina next to me just being like is there anything you need and I was like no I'm fine I'm just gonna look over this script because I was obviously going on for the final queen so where I went on in the show was right before her massive monologue and her solo song I did uh video was feeling unwell that that night and um ended up you know not being very well at all when she left the stage so it was such an incredible call made by Vidya in that moment because like Mm. you have to make a call to be like am I well enough to continue the show and to make that call for yourself Mm. is just I I honestly admire her so much because you have you have it's like a minuscule of a second to be like can I can I get through this or do I need to make this call? And, you know, we literally almost did like a, and (laughs) she came (laughs) on and I went on. And I think there was like a minute of, um, like of pause. It was after all you want to do. And Chelsea finished her song and then Chelsea walked off and there was an announcement that just said the role of Catherine Parr will now be played by Kiara Senna. And the light came back on and, on I went. What? <laughs> On you went. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And God. I literally went straight into the moment where Pa is in the middle of the circle about to start. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I was like, of course, this is how my week Yeah, ends, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's been yeah. such a chaotic week of being on for, you know, all the queens previously, and then I was like, it just wouldn't have been right if I ended the week on a normal exactly. way. I had to end it absolutely. Like, show going on for the last queen who literally hasn't even sung yet. Wow! <laughs> oh my god, what's the logistics of that? Like, obviously, there's no intermission or any breaks. So, how is that communicated that Vidya is unwell? So we only go off twice in the show, and when I say we go off, we are literally sprinting off, having a drink, yeah. patting ourselves with a tissue, blowing your nose, and literally <laughs> having to run back on again. And um, so, Vidya, when 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 she came off, let one of our you know um, backstage crew know that she was not feeling well, and she was like, "I'm just flagging this now." She's like, "I I might be okay to get through the rest of the show, but 
she was like, I don't feel right. And she was like, so I'm just flagging this now um, in case things start to get worse. Um, And uh, that's when I was notified. So that's when I then was told, you know, um, we're going to get you ready just in case. And so that was during get down. That's when I got on my costume and all of that stuff. And then, yeah, and then it was like I was side of stage during All You Want to Do, ready to be like, okay, I'm I'm just preparing. Ready to swap. I'm ready to go on if she needs me to be there for her. Um, And, you know, and that's the – and I think that's my biggest priority as a swing, always making sure that the the onstage cast know that if they are ever in a situation where they feel like they need to take that moment for themselves – that they can yeah. and that there is someone yeah. there for them, not needing to worry about, you know, the show in that moment when they're, you know, focusing on what is what is going on with myself um, and knowing that they don't need to feel any kind of feeling towards leaving the show if they need to go for themselves. And so, you know, I've got you. You need to just, if you need to focus on yourself right now, yeah. you can go and do that because show will be fine. Don't worry about the show. The show will be okay. Like, you know, everyone's health is the priority and obviously the show is a priority too, but that's why we, you you have swings. That deserves, let's see if I can get this right. That deserves a a big, (laughs) big round of applause. That is like, (laughs) how long have you been planning that one? I was literally just thinking of that and I was like, which one's the applause button? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Oh no. Well, what's because uh, we we only have a, a short time for the Zoom closes. Um, I want to I want to quickly talk about what's next for you after six. So you you guys are meant to be going to New Zealand, um, if that's still happening, hopefully, and then yeah. Brisbane. And what what's next? Do you have like something in mind? Do you have a dream role beyond six? Well, I am definitely someone who lives in the moment. I. Don't, and this is something that if I can give any kind of advice to any performer out there, it's a hard gig. You know, you have a contract and it finishes. And then, you know, I know there are so many, uh, you know, myself included, I've done this, but I also have so many friends who get caught up in just worrying about what is next and, you know, what when, when it will come and, and all those things. And I just think at the end of the day, what's meant to happen will happen. And it's an unpredictable world we live in, especially with COVID now. And I just think, you know, I've wasted in the past so much time just concerned about what's next. And I was never living in the moment and really appreciating what I was in and what I was doing and the incredible people I was surrounded by because I was just too focused on, oh, but what's after this? And when it finishes, I won't have a job. And like, you know, all that kind of thing that is so normal and natural to feel as well. But I have just, you know, I have just decided, especially over COVID and the hard times that we've all been through, I'm just like, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And so mm-hmm. I am just such a big believer now in just like living day at a time and like whatever will present itself and comes, I will be open for and ready. And I just think that that is just the way to enjoy life because if you're consistently, you know, worried or thinking about what's next, I feel like you don't then, you don't then get to live in the moment and you miss out on things that are happening right in front of you. So I think... Yeah. That's definitely something that I have learned over the over just literally only, only recently. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. so it's only something that I've I've slowly come to terms with how 
you know, I just want to move forward in life because I just mm. think it's short and, you know, I want to make it sweet and yeah. I think that's just the best way to go about it. So whatever life wants to throw at me, I'm ready <laughs> and I will ready. be here and willing. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kiara, for jumping on with us. This has been amazing amazing oh, like the stories is just incredible i love and i mean i'm sure zoe's the same love learning just the behind the scenes stuff that you don't see oh we're obsessed with it we love to know all of it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you so much for having me i absolutely of course. You know, i love having these chats and talking about what i do because it's true sometimes people don't know exactly the ins and outs of of things that happen and that is the beauty of live theater we all just make it look so seamless and mm. <laughs> you know but yeah no thank you for having me i've loved chatting no worries well you can catch hopefully you might be able to see Kiara when she comes on uh, for Six and Musical, which is playing at the Melbourne Comedy Theatre until August 21st. You can get tickets at sixthemusical.com.au forward slash Australia. And thank you, Zoe, for coming on as our co-host. Uh, it's been great to having you, you on. Um, so Zoe's directing oh, The Taming of the Shrew for Shakespeare Company going from Friday the 5th of August to Sunday the 14th of August in Wollongong. So thank you so much, um, both of you, for joining us. This thank has been you, awesome. Justin. Thank you, Zoe. <laughs> thank you, you so much. Too. Pleasure to meet you, Kira. Thank you. Thank you to Zoe Rose for being our co-host on today's episode. You can book tickets to The Taming of the Shrew at Dyer Theatre Company's The Forge Theatre in Wollongong by visiting their Facebook page. A massive thank you to Kiara Setter for joining us on the podcast. You can book tickets to Sixth the Musical in Melbourne before it closes and join the waitlist for New Zealand and Brisbane by heading to sixthemusical.com.au. All the links for these episodes can be found in the episode's description. That's it for another episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. If you have a production you're wanting to promote, have a thought on theatre you wish to highlight, or feel like you can bring diverse and insightful conversation to the podcast, why not come on as a Theatre Thoughts co-host? We're looking for new and exciting people to come and feature in future podcasts and talk with our amazing guests. Contact our team now at theatrethoughtsteam at outlook.com or by hitting us up on our socials. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.